0: G'day, mate, 40 here. So I was just sitting down for my evening repast of, uh, you know, toasted rye bread with with an avocado on top, mashed up with some salt. And uh, as I am wont to do in the evenings, I don't know how you like to spend your dinners, but you know, I like to sit down and spend some quality time with the New York Times, just so that I can cut through the misinformation. Did you know that there's like a, misinformation tsunami out there, so very concerning. Like People are often consulting information that's not being approved by our elites, and it's just really mucking everything up, very concerning. So I try to cut through the misinformation by settling in and having some quality time with the New York Times. And good thing I did this evening, got some shocking news. Did you know that President Joe Biden, our president... You know, at least Republicans don't say, he's not my president. I how mean, Democrats used to do that about George W. Bush. He's not my president. God, so many Democrats were election deniers. He's not my president. So Joe Biden's my president. And uh, did you know, here's the shocking news, Joe Biden is confronting a polarized America. Did you know that? And it's absolutely... No reason has absolutely nothing to do with anything he said or done. Right? It's not like there are 109 things that Joe Biden has done to polarize America. No, he's confronting a polarized America for no reason of his own, for no fault of his own. Uncle Joe, President Joe Biden is confronting a polarized America for no fault of his own. Like, it's not like. Democratic Party policies have done anything to polarize America it's not like just despising middle Americans for clinging to their guns and religion has bred any resentment it's not like uh, Democrats war on homeschooling and uh, private Christian schools has done anything to breed that resentment it's not like racial preferences affirmative action has done anything to encourage that resentment it's not like giving a priority to oppressed you know, people of color for access to COVID vaccines, right? It's not like that's uh, done anything to polarize America, right? So you import the world. You import the third world. You get, then give preferential treatment to people from the third world. You stack the decks in their favor And then, breaking news, Joe Biden confronts a polarized America. Who would have thought that Uncle Joe, kindly, centrist, moderate Uncle Joe Biden would be confronting a polarized America, right? But uh, nothing in there about anything that Joe Biden might have done to polarize America, right? If uh, 70,000 votes had gone the other way, Joe Biden would not have been president. He had the opportunity to govern as a centrist. Instead, he listened to a bunch of historians, quote-unquote historians who aren't real historians, like John Meacham. And he thought he wanted to be a transformational president more than Barack Obama. He wanted to be just like FDR. He instead, he experienced failure after failure after failure. And polarised America. Now, I don't think a polarised America is primarily the fault of Joe Biden. It's not primarily the fault of Donald Trump. But... Uh, when I was riding a, a crowded bus from Bondi Junction this evening, and there was almost no tension in the air, there's no fear, right? You know what it's like to ride public transport in large parts of Los Angeles or New York City or Washington, D.C. or Chicago? You know, the fear that people experience. Well, there isn't any of that here in Sydney because they have not had an immigration policy that encouraged the importation of people you're very likely to fear on public transport. Hasn't encouraged the importation of people who like to defecate in public. Hasn't encouraged the importation of people who work for drug cartels. So, breaking news, top story in the New York Times, Joe Biden confronts a polarized America but has absolutely nothing to do about it. Democratic Party policies that give racial preferences to certain groups who work to make certain groups immune from criticism, right? You can't say anything critical about Jews as a group, about homosexuals as a group, about transsexuals as a group, about black people as a group, about brown people as a group, about, uh, I'm not sure, a little less intense, but uh, certainly not encouraged to say anything critical of Asians as a group. Right, there are all these groups who are off-limits from any kind of public criticism, in large part pushed through by a left-wing agenda, right, whose political party is the Democratic Party. Right? You might think that that might polarize people. you right? don't have a whole heck of a lot of affirmative action in Australia, and Australia is not polarized. In Australia, in fact, in virtually no other country in the world, of which I'm aware do they force banks to extend loans to privileged groups whose test scores do not qualify them for loans, right? In America, with the Community Banking Act of 1977, we forced banks to extend loans to all sorts of people in the inner city who are unlikely to pay back those loans. As a result, we got the 2008 global financial crash, right? That was a direct result of the 1977 Community Banking, Community Reinvestment Act that forced banks to extend loans to people who are unlikely to pay them back, right? By forcing banks to extend loans to people who are unlikely to pay them back, you think that might have contributed to a polarized America where those people then got government subsidies, right, struggling to pay their mortgages, right? Irresponsible people struggling to pay their mortgages then get government subsidies under Barack Obama, and that kicked off the Tea Party, Right. Tea Party was not thrilled with the extension of subsidies to people who prove themselves to be irresponsible. So Canada, Britain, Australia, France, Germany, they don't force banks to extend loans to people who are not worthy of credit. But the Biden administration is all for that. The nineteen seventy seven Community Reinvestment Act legislated that. Republicans, by and large, gone along with it because they they thought it was was good for America, good for business to extend loans to people who are unlikely to pay them back. As a result, we tipped the entire world into a global devastating recession. Well, except for Australia. Australia didn't go into a recession, but everyone else went into a recession because we mandated that loans be extended to people who don't qualify for loans if those people are of a certain race right? you think that might promote polarization where you tip the scales in favor of certain groups which then correspondingly disfavors other groups you think that might promote polarization like Harvard Harvard University says we never use race to discriminate we just use race as a factor in promoting inclusion and diversity, right? When you promote the admittance of certain, you know, protected groups of colour with much lower test scores than other groups, yeah, you are racially discriminating, right? It's zero-sum. Harvard can only admit, what, 500, 1,000, 1,500 new students a year. And if you admit students... on on the basis of race, students who would otherwise, in a colorblind admittance policy, would not be admitted into Harvard. You're doing that at the price of other people of a less favored race with higher academic qualifications. You think that might promote polarization? You think massive amounts of immigration from parts of the world that uh, are not first world, that are not European, so radically increasing the amount of racial and religious and ethnic and cultural and ethical diversity. You think that might promote polarization? The New York Times presents it as, oh, you know, it's just Uncle Joe, he's hes confronting a polarized America, poor bloke. Not his fault, he's just doing the best he can, just like the the... Justice Department just doing their best they can to, you know, try to bring a you know dangerous, out of control Donald J. Trump, you know, to some kind of legal accountability. And it's that dastardly Donald Trump who's making things so awkward for the Department of Justice who simply wants to pursue justice, 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 shall we pursue? That's all they want to do. And it's that nasty Donald Trump and the nasty Republicans who are throwing up obstacles for the Department of Justice pursuing justice so sad there's nothing they did right it's not like the Democrats did 109 things to increase polarization in this country right? the more diversity you have the more religious, ethical, cultural tactical psychological, racial, religious diversity you have the more polarization you're going to have no, it's not like all diversity creates equal amounts of polarization. Some types of diversity in certain circumstances are far more polarizing than other types of diversity. Sydney has tons of diversity, doesn't have a ton of nasty polarization. You feel safe walking the streets here. I'm alone at night in a park ranting about polarized America. I feel perfectly safe. There are people playing with their dogs in the park. Alright? Surely love is all around us. Right? It's a beautiful evening here. Because Sydney's diversity mix is not combustible into criminal violence. Now, it does take a toll. So residents of Sydney volunteer less than residents of other parts of Australia. Because Sydney is so diverse, people feel less public-spirited, public they feel less inclined to volunteer for people who don't look like them or sound like them or worship like them or have habits like them or values like them or cultures like them. People are going to be less likely to pitch in and help out such people. Oh, the other story that gets me is that Kyrie Irving got in so much trouble for one tweet to a documentary that Amazon makes money off of, right, from... Hebrews to Negroes, right? That documentary, self-funded documentary that Amazon distributes. But Kyrie Irving is in massive trouble for making one tweet since deleted about that documentary. But uh, Amazon Amazon has been showing it, still showing it, profiting from it. If this movie is so horrible, why isn't there pressure on Amazon to remove it? Well, now there is pressure on Amazon. There wasn't two weeks ago. Right? This movie was perfectly kosher for Amazon to make money from. And Amazon has very strict policies against hate. So, Amazon has like a Kindle Direct program where you can self publish and make money. And they also have a similar program for filmmakers, where filmmakers, you know, upload their movies and they can sell them or rent them through Amazon and uh, make some money. But Amazon has policies against sexually explicit content in these movies and policies against copyright infringement and policies against hate. But someone at Amazon saw and approved this from Hebrews to Negroes documentary. Now, I give Amazon props for generally speaking being quite the free speech company. Amazon does not like to delete books. It's only started deleting books of Holocaust denial and some of the more spicy race realism books like only in the last few years so google and amazon and the big tech in general twitter facebook these all started out as free speech playgrounds and they didn't want to turn into repressive regimes where they had to hire thousands and thousands of moderators they were forced to do that by primarily democratic politicians And so big tech has reluctantly gone along. They're also forced to do it by advertisers. But uh, Amazon and Google, prior to about 10 years ago, had a very enviable free speech record. Now Amazon is saying that they're going to add disclaimers to this documentary and disclaimers to the book. So I give Amazon props if they don't delete the movie and don't delete the book. So it costs $12 to rent the movie like $50 to buy it. And uh, so far it's only had like 1,200 rentals, even with all this controversy. But the ADL, you'll be glad to know, the ADL's on the case pressuring Amazon to remove the listing, and if they don't remove it, to add you know, all sorts of important disclaimers about how this is work that promotes anti-Semitism and hatred. So thank God for the Anti-Defamation League out there you know, fighting against free speech oh it's not free speech it's hate speech right? hate speech it's not recognized in US law it's an entirely subjective category it's just kind of weird that Kyrie Irving got 100 times the amount of attention and criticism that Amazon got Like, why did all the powers that be come down on Kyrie Irving but they didn't come down on Amazon because Amazon has more power they thought they could bully Kyrie Irving they knew they couldn't bully Amazon so people very quickly sense whether or not you can be bullied and if you allow yourself to be bullied people will bully you they'll beat you down they'll drag you through the mud they'll deride you they'll declaim you <laughs> they'll have contempt for you they'll pour it on like just unbelievably hostile intense response to Kyrie Irving but respectful, careful, nuanced responses to Amazon. Why? Because Amazon has the power. Kyrie Irving doesn't have the power. And people don't like Kyrie Irving. And so this is an opportunity to stick it to him. But why would Kyrie Irving get 100 times the criticism and the pressure that Amazon has received when Amazon hosted and made money from this supposedly evil anti-Semitic documentary...